Welcome, everyone, to our newest edition of BAMS Radio this week. And it's a happy one as the Alabama Crimson Tide do get into the college football playoff despite the disappointing Iron Bowl loss 26 to 14 to the University of, or uh, excuse me, I uh, think the University of Alabama suffered uh, at Auburn University on the plains at Jordan Hare Stadium. Uh, a lot of interesting things happened in the playoff. Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs did soundly whip Auburn 28 to 7 in the rematch. Kirby Smart gets to the college football playoff. Uh, TCU falls to Oklahoma decisively. The Sooners are in. As I, you know, I and mean, that's what I had predicted. I didn't think Alabama would get the help it needed from TCU. So Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield, the heavy Heisman favorite, are in. Uh, and then we saw uh, also uh, that uh, you know uh, that the uh, Clemson Tigers, the number one team in the country, thirty-eight to three winners, easily over Miami. And then the Alabama Crimson Tide had to sweat it out. But luckily, the Ohio State Buckeyes, twenty-seven to twenty-one, they beat uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. My prediction had been Wisconsin would win that game and Alabama wouldn't have a case. But luckily, after about a quarter, you could realize that Wisconsin just did not have the athletes. Their quarterback, uh, you know, uh, uh, Hornybrook, uh, he just uh, he would be about fourth string at Alabama. Uh, just did not have a lot of, uh, I don't think, a lot of skills. And the Buckeyes win an unimpressive game, allowing Alabama to get voted into the college football playoff, much like the Buckeyes from a year ago when they had beaten Penn State head-to-head and Penn State had two losses including a narrow one to pit. But uh, welcome back to the show. Again, uh, Thomas Watts, uh, my co-host and producer, uh, the Wizard Behind the Curtain, is with us, as is our cohort, William Redfish Barger, 1992 national champion and from uh, Crimson Tide offensive lineman from 89 to 93. Uh, William, welcome back to uh, BAMS Radio tonight. How are you doing? Doing good, Drew. How are you, buddy? Doing well, man. And i got to ask you first, uh, how surprised were you that Alabama got in the playoff? Um, you know, I'm kind of on the fence with that whole deal. Um, I I think the committee got it right. Um, you know, I was a little bit worried that, you know, maybe they wouldn't, but, you know, I I would challenge anybody to say that, you know, Alabama, you know, despite the lack of a resume, uh, they didn't win their own division. They didn't win their conference championship, but, you know, still, that um, they're not one of the top four teams in the country. I think they are. Um, but, you know, I think they have a very, very uh, challenging proposition, uh, you know, in the first round of the college football playoffs uh, with their matchup. You know, I think this is probably what the, the third time around with Clemson. Um, but, no, um you know, I think they deserve to be there. Um, we'll find out, you know, pretty quickly, especially with the first round, uh, you know, matchup with, with Dabo and Clemson, if they actually do deserve to be there. But um, to answer your question, um, yeah, I, I do think they deserve to be there, but we'll see um, if they can parlay that into um, a first round win. And we've got to, uh, as just before we came on the air, we have to give congratulations to the great Minka Fitzpatrick. And uh, William, he becomes the second Jim Thorpe Award winner uh, in the University of Alabama's history, along with your former teammate Antonio Langham. A big-time honor for one of the uh, great Crimson Tide players I think we've seen in a Crimson jersey. Minka won that? Yes, he did. He won the Jim Thorpe Award. Well, uh, I couldn't imagine a more deserving award for a more deserving player. 
Um, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick has been a game changer for Alabama football um, for the last three years. Um, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm proud of him. Um, you know, the, the guys, you know, gone out there, and I think you've seen, you know, Nick Saban, Jeremy Pruitt, Derek Ainsley, you know, prop this young man up, deservedly so. Um, you know, with with what he's done as a player um, and as a leader, uh, you know, of this Alabama football team, um, good for Minka. Um, you know, I think he's going to be a guy that's taken uh, in the top 15 picks of the NFL draft because he's so versatile, Drew. Um, you know, the guy can play corner, he can play safety, he can play nickel. Um, and he's a dynamic playmaker when he gets the ball in his hand, um, you know, with, with, with non-offensive touches. Um, I'm glad to see that happen for him because he just certainly deserves it. You're right. Uh, he's had a great career at the University of Alabama. And, and speaking of that, though, we always know that Alabama is going to have coaching staff turnover under Nick Saban. They've had it every year. Someone you're very familiar with uh, was named the head football coach of the Tennessee Volunteers today. I had a press conference at about 5.05 our time, Central Time, 6.05 Eastern Time in Knoxville, Tennessee. That is Jeremy Pruitt, uh, who came back to Alabama for his second tour of duty, has been here nearly two years. Of course, the one announcement for sure, and I think we expected this, much like everyone else before him, Jeremy Pruitt will stay through the playoff with the University of Alabama before fully you know, uh, the, uh, uh, jumping in to, on his duties uh, to uh, be the head football coach at the University of Tennessee. But it's interesting because, William, he's putting together his coaching staff, and there's some other connections uh, that uh, have been at Alabama that are in other places, like Georgia, who is in the college football playoff. He just named his uh, defensive coordinator tonight. Kevin Shearer is expected to give that title. He's an inside linebackers coach at Georgia. He has not been a signal caller yet, but getting a chance to do that uh, under Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. Well, you know, the, the connection, you know, between Jeremy and Kevin Shearer goes all the way back to uh, 2004, 2005 to Hoover High School, um, you know, when Jeremy was the defensive coordinator there. Um, and I think that's, you know, Drew, that, that's the unique thing, I think, about, um, you know, the, 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 you know, this is what we're looking at. Um, and I think this is what makes, you know, America, um, you know, the best place to live and, and, you know, try and profit from, um, you know, 12, 13 years ago, Jeremy Pruitt didn't know what asparagus was. And, and now he's the head coach at the university of Tennessee. Um, you know, he's going to hire a, a, a staff that are cutthroat recruiters. Um, you know, they're going to do what they got to do. And, you know, Jeremy is a guy that, you know, comes from a football family. I um, mean, you know, his dad's been a long time successful coach up in the, uh, you know, Fort Payne region. Um, you know, I, I, I just think that, you know, people are still, especially Alabama fans are, wrapped up around the still former deal. And I don't understand that. Um, you know, I'm not a Phil former fan, but I don't, 
you know, really begrudge the guy for, you know, doing what he did, you know, back in, you know, 2000, 2002, whatever that time range was, um, when he attempted to try and take out his, his number one competition. Um, but I'll say this, as far as what, what Jeremy Pruitt's going to do in Knoxville, he's going to hire a staff um, that are recruiters, um, that are good X's and O's guys, just like he is. And, you know, I, what, what I would like to tell Alabama fans is I think, you know, Jeremy is going to hurt Kirby Smart more than he's going to hurt Nick Saban. He, he's going to get guys, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, Tracy Rocker or Marion Hobby, which, by the way, Marion Hobby has not heard from Jeremy Pruitt just yet. Um, up in Knoxville, because, you know, Tennessee is a program that does not have enough in-state talent to, to uh, sustain a program. But he's going to hire guys that are recruiters, number one, that are solid X's and O's guys. And, you know, why can't we, you know, as Alabama fans, celebrate Jeremy getting that job and seeing what he's going to do without, you know, digging up the damn Phil former shit from uh, 15 years ago. I don't, I don't understand that myself, but, you know, maybe Drew can educate me on that. Well, I, I'm a guy, I agree with you. I mean, I was talking to Cecil Hurt last night, William, and you know what a resource Cecil is when I was covering basketball, and I asked him his opinion on Jeremy, and as he said, you can't turn down $4 million a year. I mean, and it's a program – uh, that Tennessee that has a lot of resources, top 15 program, uh, you know, in the country when they're right, uh, a lot of tradition there uh, and a chance to win. It's a better opportunity than Mississippi State, quite frankly. Uh, and, uh, it, it, and it just sort of worked out because the way it was botched so badly by John Curry. Uh, people have to put aside the, uh, the situation with Philip Fulmer because, William, as you know all too well, uh, with what hap- almost happened with Kirby Smith, Jeremy Pruitt going with him to Auburn, uh, back in 2012, this is a business completely. Absolutely. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. And, you know, to take it to one step fuller, um, you know, if Gus Malzahn had, you know, taken the Arkansas money and, and you know, gone to Arkansas, I can promise you, uh, Jeremy Pruitt was on Pat Dye's speed dial, um, you know, for, for going down there and taking that job. Which, you know, I think, you know, Drew, I I guess the thing that really excites me more than anything is that, you know, there's a certain percentage of the fan base that views the third Saturday in October. And and I agree, it used to be this way. I think it used to be, you know, the the number one college rivalry, rivalry in the country. And, you know, with what Jeremy's going to do with the coaching staff up there, um, he's going to hire good guys, hard workers, great recruiters. Um, You're going to see that third Saturday in October get back to what it was in the 70s and the 80s as far as a rivalry game. You know, Nick Saban has kind of, you know, put his foot on the throat um, of, of that, third Saturday in October uh, robbery. Um, but I, I'm excited to see what, you know, 
you know, you know me personally, um, I'll root for Jeremy Pruitt in every game that he plays versus that third Saturday in October. And I, I think you'll see, you know, what, how this whole thing works out is, you know, people are still so pissed off about, um, you know, the Phil Fulmer deal with what happened, you know, in Memphis, um, you know, 15, 16, 17 years ago, whatever it was. But me personally, as an Alabama fan, you know, I never viewed that that whole deal as um, I hate Phil Fulmer. Um, I don't have a problem with him trying to, you know, take out his biggest competition. Um, I look at it as uh, Alabama was inept. Um, they had an, an inept leadership. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're fixing to see that, that Phil former Jeremy Pruitt uh, combination in Knoxville, um, you're fixing to see that thing go live, and we'll see what happens to it in a recruiting standpoint. And I think uh, you could say that it's a big-time show of respect for Phil Fulmer toward the University of Alabama because he could have easily hired Kevin Steele and brought T. Martin in as offensive coordinator, and none of that is happening because uh, I can I told people, and you know this yourself, uh, that the, re- the main reason I doubted Jeremy Pruitt going to Tennessee at first was I thought that Phil Fulmer would try to hire the entire staff, and you know Jeremy Pruitt is not afraid to bow up on anybody. He did it with Mark Rick. <laughs> He's done it. With, he's done it with Nick Saban. He is not going to be told what to do. He is going to run that program the way he sees fit. And I think it was a smart move by Philip Fulmer uh, from the standpoint to to, to make a hire uh, of Jeremy Pruitt. And like he said today, Coach Fulmer said, "You have to respect what Alabama has done." And you know the old saying, "Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery," uh, and that's what they're trying to do with Jeremy Pruitt. I, you know, I, I wish him all the luck in the world. Like I've tried to tell people, Jeremy's left once before and Alabama kept rolling. What matters is who is in the head office, and it's still Nick Saban. He's already got a plan, and I can tell people beyond a shadow of a doubt because I've been asked a hundred times in the last three days, Tosh Lupoy is not leaving, so relax. Yeah, and I, Drew, I totally agree with you. Um, and, and, you know, anybody that thinks that um, – Anybody but Tosh Tapoy is going to be the next defensive coordinator. Forget about it. Um, but, you know, going back to Jeremy for a minute, um, let, let's see how his, you know, coaching staff shakes out. You know, the thing, Drew, that bothers me more than anything is, um, you know, people, you know, want to, you know, Alabama people want to try and associate. Um, what Phil Fulmer did with the NCAA and that whole, you know, sore deal, you know, 15 years ago with what he's doing now. And I think if you look at it, you know, on the surface, um, it, it's pretty obvious what he said, you know, once he got, you know, the AD job. He said he wanted a guy that was a defensive-minded coach um, there was a good recruiter, and that's how Phil Fulmer and Jeremy Pruitt, you know, came to an agreement with all this stuff that's going on. Um, again, you know, being the head coach at Alabama versus the head coach at, you know, Tennessee, you know, there's a difference there. 
um, you know, you know, you can't rely on in-state talent at Tennessee. You got to go coast to coast. Um, you know, Phil Former was the guy that you know instituted this stuff. Um, but I, I just I wish Alabama fans would um, put Phil Former out of their minds and you know give Jeremy Pruitt the props of you know, doing what he did as the defensive coordinator at Alabama. And there's a reason why Phil Fulmer chose him to come up there and be the next head coach. I want to get your thoughts. Uh, it looks like he's putting his staff together, William. We talked about Kevin Shearer. It looks like he's going to have two defensive line coaches, probably one coach in the ends and one coach in the tackles. Uh, Chris Rump, a name we're very familiar with at Alabama, also been at Florida and the SEC, been a myriad of places. Uh, and, uh, and, and this is not unexpected here. We know he tried to get this gentleman to the University of Alabama before Carl Dunbar came in, but Tracy Rocker looking like going to Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of scuttlebutt coming out of Knoxville. Uh, Marion Hobby has still not heard from Jeremy Pruitt. I think Tracy Rocker is, is the inside guy there. Um, you know, what you're going to see is, um, you know, if it's, if it's Jeremy Pruitt's staff, he's going to hire guys to have uh, relationships with, you know, high school football coaches in Georgia. You know, that's where Phil Fulmer, um, you know, got all of his success from. And it was going into Atlanta and getting Jamal Lewis and Tozy Coleman and all those guys. But Jeremy Pruitt's going to get guys, you know, from that Georgia coaching staff, um, like you're talking about. Um, Exhilaration. You know, Tracy Rocker, Kevin Shear. Um, you know, he's going to go down there and go down that road and be successful with it. And, you know, it's not going to be a – Alabama versus a Jeremy Pruitt um, coaching, you know, deal with, with recruits. Uh, who he's going to hurt is Kirby Smart. And who he's going to hurt is going to be Gus Malzahn. Um, You know, Alabama is not really bought in or anchored in, you know, with, with the, uh, you know, Georgia, you know, high school recruits. It, it's a uh, Kirby Smart, Gus Smells on deal, and I think Jeremy Pruitt's going to go in there and wreck that whole system. He may very well, and then other names uh, that we're hearing, William, that could easily be a part of the staff, Tyson Helton, the OC, who was the passing game coordinator at Southern California, looks like he will be the OC at the University of Tennessee, and I know you know the offensive line coach well, former University of Alabama offensive lineman, and he had been the uh, OC and offensive line coach at Colorado State. Uh, he, uh, and uh, that is Will Friend. Will Friend has done a nice job with Mike Bobo uh, in, uh, in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado. He will be coming to Tennessee. And it looks like uh, Jeremy will retain the running backs coach, Robert Gillespie, former Florida Gator, who was considered one of their strongest recruiters. Well, I think, you know, still I think you're going to see him find a place for, you know, a guy like Jay Graham. Um, you know, Terry Fair is, is on that list. Um, you know, I, I, the, the most 
you know, controversial and I think the most interesting, uh, you know, piece of the Jeremy puzzle um, in Knoxville is what is Rush Prost going to do? Um, yeah, I've heard those rumors. You know, if 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 Jeremy Pruitt gets Russ Probst to join him in Knoxville, um, I think that's when you have to wave the white flag and say JJ um, Peterson is going to go to Knoxville. May very well happen. We'll have to see. Uh, I uh, with with Rush, I've always felt like you'd want to be an on the field coach and not an administrative kind of guy. We'll see if Jeremy can create a role for him, maybe as wide receivers coach, but he's always been kind of a defensive guy. I have heard Terry Fair is likely to be the defensive backfield coach, and he had been at Colorado State too. So a pretty solid staff being put together by Jeremy Pruitt, and uh, we wish him a lot of luck. He's going to stay through the college football playoff. And, William, uh, there was a lot of fan angst uh, talking about uh, you know, Alabama once again losing a coordinator. But remember, they won the national championship in 2011 when when uh, Jim McElwain was headed to to Colorado State, uh, and they also won it when Kirby Smart was like was about to go to Georgia. A lot of people talked about how Alabama struggled so badly against Clemson, but I think we've uh, sort of figured out the reasoning behind that because it was not. It had more to do with Deshaun Watson than Kirby Smart. Deshaun Watson, one of the great players in college football history. And Alabama learned that in the two matchups against uh, Mr. Watson uh, the last two seasons. Yeah, and, you know, I think if, if that's the way that, uh, you know, Jeremy goes, um, you know, I would go back to, uh, you know, the, 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 the collection of, of his body of work. Um, I, you know, I think the, the direction right now is, you know, Nick Saban wants him to stay. And, you know, you'll see that, you know, in, in the game prep. Um, you know, let's don't discount that. Um, but, you know, right now, Nick Saban wants Jeremy Pruitt to stay. And uh, we'll see how that works out. Yeah, he is. He's going to stay through the college football playoff. That's the other bit of news uh, for the Crimson Tide. So, and, it, and I know there were some rumors also about Derek Ainsley maybe going with Jeremy Pruitt uh, to be the secondary coach, maybe even defensive coordinator. We know that the defensive coordinator situation is not going to happen. So I would expect Derek Ainsley to stay at Alabama since he's not going to get a bump up in uh, job title at the University of Tennessee. Uh, I think right, it looks to me right now – that Jeremy, he may bring Sam Petito and maybe some off-the-field people with him to Tennessee, but I don't think he's going to bring any on-the-field coaches with him from Alabama to Tennessee. No, I would agree with that, Drew. I, I think that what he's going to bring is, you know, the front office people, it's not going to be an on-field coach. You're right, it's not going to be an on-field coach, so – we, uh, we're going to – good luck to him. Uh, he did a great job at Alabama. Hopefully he can help them win a national championship. Uh, but I'll say this. You made reference to this when we started our segment. This is going to be an uphill battle against Clemson. Clemson's probably got the best defense Alabama's seen all year, the best front seven. They're going to have to do some different things offensively because they've really slowed down the last month. But you reported earlier this week, and I think it would be a huge X factor in the game, 
because he's so talented. They, they should have started getting him on the field. You and I discussed this after the Tennessee game consistently every week. But you're, you're hearing strongly that you believe Tua Tungvaloa will be a part of this game against Clemson. Oh, yes. He's going to play. How much, I think, is going to be determined by, you know, what he does uh, next Friday when practice gets back off. But he's going to play, Drew. I mean, uh, that, that that's the bottom line. And, uh, you know, people that want to worry about it and all that other stuff, uh, he's going to play. And that is big because, uh, you know, they, there's been a lot of rumors around Tua Tungvaloa about transferring to UCLA. And I've heard from very good sources that if that happened, Najee Harris would go with him, which would be, quite frankly, a disaster for Alabama. It would set the program back. But Nick Saban is very shrewd. Uh, usually when people leave this program, it's only because they are told to leave. Uh, you know, Kendall Sheffield did leave, Maurice Smith, but that, very, that doesn't happen very often, especially by guys as talented as Tua Tungvaloa and also uh, the uh, Najee Harris. And it would be very important for you know Tua to begin to assert himself because I'm sure Alabama is going to want to sign Talia Tungavailoa in another year. Uh, but until his uh, brother starts playing a significant role, he would probably look elsewhere uh, right now and uh, go to another university. But if Tua becomes the star where everybody thinks he can, uh, I think very quickly Alabama would become the favorite uh, for Talia. So that's what makes it so important. Uh, for him uh, to get, gather a role. It's not a disrespect to Jalen. It's just, quite frankly, uh, Tua is a special talent, and Jalen has done a heck of a job. But at the very least, people uh, that, that uh, Tua is needed to spark this passing game, especially against a team as talented uh, as Clemson, uh, who uh, is going to have such a tough front that Alabama is going to have to block. Alabama's offensive line is going to have to play their best game of the year, and they're going to have to get these three and four running backs involved because – uh, Alabama is very talented in the in the offensive backfield, and they're going to have to give some different looks to Clemson in order to move the football. It's not an impossibility. We've seen people move the ball on Clemson, uh, but uh, William, it's going to probably take Alabama's best performance on both sides of the football to get to the national championship game in Atlanta. You know, Drew, I, I don't like the uh, the matchup. I think. Uh, the Alabama O-line versus Clemson D-line, um, no way. Um, I think the fact that they're going to play Tua um, is good stuff, but we'll see how it works out. Um, you know, um, you know, you play this thing the way it works out, but no way. Um, Tua is going to play. Um, people that don't like that, you know, we'll see how it works out. Yes, we will. We'll see how it works out. And I got to get your thoughts uh, on uh, the Crimson Tide. The recruiting picked up, no doubt about it. Uh, they picked up three commitments this week uh, from two that uh, were expected and one that was strongly uh, hinted. Uh, the, of course, one I'll talk to on my show, Talking Ball, tomorrow, and that is uh, Michael Parker of we Westminster Christian Academy. Uh, we will talk to him to kick off the program. He has committed to the University of Alabama. It will likely be a blue shirt situation, 
uh, but he's still a, a tight end that the staff really likes. I think he's a very similar player to Luke Ford. Both of those guys are going to have to get more physical and, and become better blockers, but both are very athletic receivers. You know, uh, Parker's about 6'5", 230, runs between a 4'6", and a 4'7". Uh, very good leaping ability, really good basketball player, which Nick Saban always likes. And then the two defensive backs were very big pieces of the puzzle. William Nadab Joseph, former LSU commitment from Hialeah, Florida, is a, is a combo safety corner. Uh, and then Savion Smith, the corner, the uh, number one junior college corner in America uh, from Mississippi Gulf Coast, a, an LSU transfer. He's been leaning to Alabama heavily since they offered him. And he is only uh, – those two are only part of this, the equation. We could see Joshua Job from Cheshire Academy via Miami, Florida – the hurricane commitment uh, flip soon too. It looks like this recruiting class, William, is going to finish strong. What are your thoughts? Um, Josh Jobs is going to flip real quick. Um, Anoma, oh, is going to go public, and then I'll, of course, you got the uh, uh, five star. Did we lose you, William? We may have lost him. Uh, I, I think we lost him. Uh, I think we're good. But we're do- Thomas, you you can jump in here. Uh, as he was saying, uh, I'll just finish the thoughts. Uh, you know, uh, he, he the, uh, the those three guys: Savion Smith, Joshua Job, and uh, and uh, and and Nadab Joseph. They're going to be all part, I think, of that defensive backfield class. Uh, they did an outstanding job. Uh, you know, they'd like to get one more piece. Um, you know, uh, Jacob Copeland has been, you know, a big part of it, uh, you know, uh, in the, a big part of the conversation from Pensacola, Florida, ever since he decommitted from the Gators. But right now, Alabama is getting heavily involved with Isaac Taylor Stewart because Tosley Poy has been such a machine on the recruiting trail. They may very well bring him in on a visit, and if they do, they could, uh, you know, get Isaac Taylor Stewart also. Uh, they're very involved with another defensive back target uh, who, uh, you know, they want quite a bit, Tyson Campbell uh, from, uh, from the state of Florida, uh, from American Heritage High School. And uh, it, without, it's really between Miami and Alabama for him. They would take one of those two guys, and if they can get them, I think Jacob Copeland may end up even recommitting to Florida. So, uh, but I think Alabama's going to flip Emory Jones. Nick Saban was scheduled tonight uh, to, to be in an in-home with, uh, with uh, Emory Jones. If that's the case, I wouldn't be surprised if he went public soon to flip. Overall, it's going to be a very strong group, uh, and I think a, a very a good group. Uh, if, and I think Alabama's going to sign, Thomas, about three-quarters of these guys on December the, the uh, 20th. And here's the thing. It's going to help Alabama, and everybody wants to know hey, if it's going to hurt Alabama's recruiting with Jeremy Pruitt leaving. Actually, it's not. Alabama's already got a lot of the hay in the barn, and I think they're going to sign 75% of this class on December the 20th. It's really going to hurt more hurt Jeremy Pruitt because he's going to be staying with Alabama trying to you know prepare them for the playoff, but he's also going to be recruiting for Tennessee. I think Tennessee will only sign maybe five or six guys early, mostly in-state kids. Jeremy is going to have to do most of his recruiting uh, in January after the playoff. And that's certainly going to be a tight timetable. And there are a couple of guys. What's his name? I believe Cade Mays. Help me out with yeah, that. Name. Yeah, yeah. Tennessee Legacy. Yeah, they'll be trying to get him back because a lot yeah. of people think right now, Thomas, he may be going to Georgia to play for Kirby Smart. So uh, Will Friend and, and uh, Jeremy Pruitt, I know, are going to try to get in front of Cade Mays, who played for Philip Fulmer 
and try to get that young man back in the fold. That's that's a pretty crazy situation, and it's going to be a real time crunch. And, and it, you know, I, I was listening to your conversation, and you know, the the idea that Tua Tagovailoa will play against the Clemson Tigers. Are you talking just a package of plays? Or are you talking whole series? What, what's the What's the word if you stick your ear to the ground? Because I actually want I, to get into that more. Because honestly, I I don't pay attention to recruiting as much. Oh, I understand. I I uh, I think that's going to be more like series. Uh, you know, I, they because I, to me, you can't telegraph it on third down, Thomas. Right. You can't you can't do that. To me, they've got to let the kid play because I'm telling you right now, and I'm just going to say it on Bam's radio. If Tua Tungavailoa and Najee Harris transfer to to somewhere like UCLA and leave Alabama, it is going to scar the program. It is going to severely hurt recruiting. Uh, And Nick Saban, right now, I think the program is in good enough shape with with the talent they're getting that they could win two or three more national championships. And I don't disrespect Coach Bryant when I say this, but Nick Saban would go down as the greatest coach of all time because of what he's done with the scholarship restrictions and in the modern era of college football, where there's so much more parity. Um, but the two greatest coaches of all time are coming from the same school. But, you know, Coach Saban can do that. If they leave, then I don't think he will finish nearly as strong uh, because it's going to, you know, a lot of people think Coach Saban's losing energy, that he's lost his touch, and it, there'll be a lot of spin put on it. And it's no disrespect to Jalen Hurst, but, but Thomas, you're a, you, you know football. and you, You've seen guys that project to the NFL – Jalen Hurts is not going to play a down of quarterback in the National Football League. And to be honest with you, this won't happen because he's played quarterback his entire life back to middle school. But what should ha- what the perfect situation for Alabama, and not for this bowl game, but for next year, would be a Braxton Miller type situation where Braxton moved to H-back because he knew he wasn't going to play quarterback. And I think that would be perfect for Jalen Hurts. And you could use him on reverses. You could use him in a wildcat and stuff like that. I just don't think he's a good enough passer. And if, if, if you and, my, and me and, and William and everybody can see that two is the better passer, Nick Saban has to as well. There's going to be some difficult decisions that have to be made. Hopefully Alabama can piece some things together in the playoff with both Jalen and Tua playing. Uh, but I just really think by next spring, Tua needs to be the quarterback of this football team because there's too many good receivers that aren't being utilized and they won't be uh, if Jalen Hurts is the QB. Well, that's an interesting thing. The other thing I wanted to touch on is would Najee Harris transfer out just because he's good friends with Tua and wants to play with him, or is there yes. – Okay. I wasn't sure yes. if there was something that's going on in the running back room. No, it's more – you know, because, you know, Najee had nearly 400 yards rushing. Right. But he and Tua are like brothers. Oh. And so you have to – you know, you have to fix this. They're from the same part of the United States, but they came to Alabama to compete. Both of them, and they're unique individuals, Thomas, because Tua came, he knew Jalen was here, but he's already proven, in my opinion, that he has more talent than Jalen. And then you look at Najee Harris, he's had to sit behind Bo and Damian and those experienced guys, but you can see the obvious talent in Najee. So Coach Saban has always been able to make difficult decisions. Uh, He's done so and had changes in his coaching staff every year, and so that's what they need to do. uh, I think by next year, Tua Tungvaloa needs to be the quarterback of this football team. I think it'll ensure Talia Tungavailoa, and I think it'll ensure Alabama, you know, uh, being able to be the best program in college football, and that's what they've been. And I mean, they've done a great job, you know, with Jalen. 
uh, being as limited as he is passing the football. They've played great defense, and he's made enough plays, but it's all about finishing. That's Nick Saban's mantra all the time, finishing. And as you've seen, Thomas, they didn't finish last year. And, of course, that wasn't all on Jalen. A lot of that was on, uh, you know, uh, Colleen Kiffin, if he had stayed focused and stayed with his team, uh, like these other coordinators have that have gone on to head coaching jobs, then, uh, you know, he, I think Alabama could have won. And then, of course, the injuries on defense to Eddie and SDH are well-documented, and both Scarborough during the game. But I think Lane Kiffin's absence was felt the most because, quite frankly, Thomas, uh, Sarkeesian was unimpressive in his one game, and that, was a, that kind of was a foreboding thing to come because look what he's done with the Atlanta Falcons. It has been brutal. And he took over the same offense, and just about all the same talent came back from a Super Bowl team, and they may not even make the playoffs because their offense hasn't held up their end of the deal. Yeah, that's that's a crazy situation. But and it, you know, talking about crazy situations, I I, I take nothing away from Tua Tungavailoa, but it's uh, it's it's pretty eye opening that we're talking about benching Jalen Hurts, who has been nothing but a constant, with the notable exception of the Iron Bowl. That that's I, I mean. I'm not saying it doesn't have to happen, and the reasons that have been given are certainly valid ones. And but still, that that's that's a tough that's going to be a tough pill for him to swallow. And I guess that's the question: Does Jalen Hurts then look to transfer? Should this come to pass, or or, or what do you think, Drew? I, I have to say, you've caught me a little flat-footed with this. Two is going to play in the bowl game because. Frank, I thought I th- you could say many things to me, but that's about the last thing I expected you to say on Bam's radio this evening. Well, no, and let me preface it by saying he needs to play. Am I, do I know for sure he's going to? Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, but but to be honest with you, uh, after what we all saw against Tennessee, and you saw it, William saw it, I saw it, they should have created a role from him from that point forward because Alabama was struggling throwing the football. When you think about it in this modern era, Thomas, and part of it, yes, he sat out at second halves of games. But still, when you look at it, I mean, Jalen Hurts has not thrown for 2,000 yards this year, Thomas. And I heard before we came on this show tonight, I was listening to some NFL draft early buzz with Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper. Here's what Mel Kuyper said about uh, Calvin Ridley. He said he would be a top 10 pick if he touched the ball more. Because That's- he said if you if you look at him in the offense, he said – he, he, and then this is the amazing stat, Thomas. The only hundred-yard game in the last two ye- in the last two years that uh, that Calvin really has had with Mississippi State, and that was on two long passes. Well, yeah, majority exactly. Yeah, you're right. Two, you know, fifty-eight and sixty-plus yard plays, and he and he only only has three touchdowns this year. He only and he had a handful last year. He had double figures when he was a freshman when Jake Coker could throw the deep ball. Alabama just has not thrown the football well enough, and there's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of receivers that want to get the football, uh, and I just think Tua has the skill set to get them there. And I'm going to be really interested to see if Alabama – because you know we all saw it, Thomas. If Alabama plays like they did the last month against Clemson, they're going to get rolled. I mean, it will be ugly. They've got to be able to make plays on third down and sustain drives, and I'm hoping Tua will be part of that. Because I'll say this, if Tua does not think he's going to play a lot, or not, and have a chance to compete for the starting position after this coming spring, I don't expect him to be at Alabama. And if he and Najee Harris are not, uh, it's just going to be a huge black mark on the program. And as we've seen in the past, 
you know, they, uh, I know it was kind of unexpected uh, for Maury Smith to leave. It was kind of unexpected for Kendall Sheffield. But those guys were role guys. They weren't considered stars. These two young guys, you, we've all seen it. They were five stars, and they're considered future superstars. And you can't let those guys go back to the West Coast and play for Chip Kelly. It just can't happen. Well, and that uh, I I don't disagree with your premise. I just I'm still trying to wrap my head around everything. And I, you know, if this is if this is the level that we're coming into this Clemson game with, I don't know what the expectation should be. I mean, this is this could be interest interestingly, Drew. Excuse me. This could be one of the first games you come into and you feel like Alabama should be the decided underdog because Well, you could say that, yeah. Because an unsettled quarterback situation is just going to tank the game. I mean, it's already going to be difficult enough because you know, something that you and William both touched on and I'll echo it, the Clemson front four is take everything that you saw Auburn do to Alabama and turn it up to 11. That's mm-hmm. what Clemson can do. Their interior, yeah, it is. Their interior defensive line is top 10 picks mm-hmm. all day, every day. Their defensive yeah, ends, you've got a first-rounder. You've got a linebacker that will probably be a first-rounder. You've got talent everywhere on that front seven. And, mm-hmm. I mean, if an unsettled quarterback situation is oogly-boogly. I will say something that we can get into if we want to kind of pump some sunshine into the fan base after we've been – talking about the quarterback situation. I got into this a little bit on Twitter, and you kind of caught a touch of this conversation, Drew. The return, assuming this continues and the the three players that I'm about to talk about make it, the return of Christian Miller, Terrell Lewis, and in particular (laughs) Mac Wilson, cannot be undervalued for this defense. You know, what have you heard about those three guys as we've moved forward uh, since, you know, I guess Sunday when Nick Saban spoke to the media after the during the playoff show? Well, I mean, I just know they're going to be healthier. I mean, the only two guys they'll be without are Hootie Jones, who tore his uh, MCL uh, against Auburn. He'll be out, and that'll mean Deontay Thompson's got to step up, which is probably going to be not a bad thing for Alabama. I don't think they'll lose much, if anything. And, and then, you know, and – and I think you'll be without SDH, which is unfortunate, the, uh, the, uh, the signal caller. I mean, but Dylan Moses has started to uh, assert himself. He was named freshman All-SEC along with Henry Ruggs today. And by the way, Henry Ruggs was not targeted and didn't touch the football against the Auburn Tigers because the passing game was so bad. But anyway, I'm just saying that, uh, that uh, you know, Alabama, I think those linebackers will be healthier. I actually think they're going to play well on defense. This Clemson team can still throw the football, but they're they're more of a run-centric team. They're not as dynamic as they were with Deshaun Watson back there just throwing dimes. And the receiver core is still talented, but I still don't think they have a Jordan Leggett at tight end. Uh, they don't have, you know, Williams, the big, strong receiver. They're still very good, but I just, I'm not quite sure they're as explosive. So we'll have to see where that goes. But, you know, and, I'm, and again, I don't think Alabama's going to have an unsettled quarterback room going into the – uh, into the Sugar Bowl, what they need to have is a concrete plan to use both guys. And if they do it, I think they they can they they can uh, you know make Clemson prepare for both of them. And if you use them both the right way, you can change things up and give Clemson a different look. And if you can complete some passes early against this Clemson front, you'll have a much better chance to run the football. Because Thomas, you know, you just got through saying they've got you know Christian Wilkins, they've got uh, all these guys, Dexter Lawrence. 
the, this this disgusting talent on the defensive line. If Alabama is living in second and third and long all night, uh, it's not going to be a fun game for the Crimson Tide. No, it isn't. And that's, uh, you know, the, 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 the layup, if you want to talk about this game, and we're still a month out, is Alabama has to be better on third down. And yeah. the – the way to do that is you have to you have to up the efficiency of the offense. You know, one of the things, if you look at the last month of Alabama's season, Drew, the statistics mm-hmm. are nonsensical to me because Alabama's yards per play are fantastic. Alabama's total yards is garbo, just garbage, because they haven't been able to sustain anything. That'll get you beat against Clemson, and we'll, it remains to be seen – What's going to end up happening? And I swear if my phone doesn't stop ringing, I'm going to throw it at somebody. But, <laughs> but you know, I want, I want to talk about the defense a little bit more because this hasn't gotten a lot of play mm-hmm. in terms of why. Like, I think the biggest deal, you know, take the quarterbacks aside. Let's, let's put that in its own category. The quarterback plan, if you will. Put it in its own category. I think the biggest thing for this defense is Mac Wilson's health. Yeah. Because what the offense, what Clemson's offense wants to do is put a lot of wide receivers on the field and, you know, run the ball out of a spread formation, but run it with power. Or if they decide to run a, you know, a pass play, Kelly Bryant is good enough to get the job done with his feet. Well, Mac Wilson, that excuse me, that means that there's going to be a lot of Alabama defense in dime. And Mac Wilson's the guy there. He'll be playing shallow zones. He'll be able to get sideline to sideline. He's big enough to at least take Kelly Bryant on because Kelly Bryant's a big old boy. So I think and he's got what, three interceptions this year, I believe. So He does that he does, that's correct. Sorry. So I, I I think that's such a big deal, and it can't be overvalued for this defense. But, you know, what keys do you see? You know, just obviously as we're a month out, and we'll go over this ad nauseum. But what kind of things do you see with this game, you know, what, like I said, a month out? Well, you know, they're going to have to stop the run and and put them in second and third and long. Uh, You know, they've got Feaster at running back. They've got about four guys that are really talented. Uh, You know, I don't know that they have a Gallman, and he really hurt Alabama, but they're still pretty deep at running back. And Kelly Bryant's a much bigger run threat than uh, uh, than uh, than Deshaun Watson was. Though Watson could be dynamic, you know, Bryant is a big, strong, physical runner. So they're definitely going to have to hold up against the run. There is no doubt about it. And then J.K. Scott, if Alabama, you know, uh, it gets stopped on offense, he's going to have to be a difference maker. They're just about to announce the winner of the Ray Guy Award, uh, and J.K. is one of three finalists for that trophy. Uh, so we'll see if he wins it along – with Mitch Wisanowski and Michael Dixon. So those three gentlemen uh, are uh, the, uh, the nominees for the punter of the year, and he did not win it. Michael Dixon did. So obviously the committee's a bunch of idiots. But anyway, no, no disrespect. I'm sure the young man's a great punter. But a great career for J.K. Scott. Disappointing that he did not uh, win that award, but still. I mean, he's going to be a huge factor in the game. We've seen him throughout his four years at Alabama uh, be a guy that can flip the field. And against Clemson, uh, you know, Alabama's going to have to really do that. The one thing that concerns me and the, of the special teams group, not because uh, we Pop, Michael Papanost, or excuse me, Andy Papanostas has been uh, tremendous for Alabama. Uh, you know, he was a little banged up toward the end of the regular season. He should be healthy. Uh, 
against Clemson is the lack of the return game and the kickoff and the punt returns. And Clemson has a pretty dynamic guy in Ray Ray, Ray McLeod, Thomas. So uh, last year, a big part of the game was Alabama was without Eddie Jackson, who was leading the nation in punt returns before he got injured against Texas A&M during the, the uh, latter third of the season. But uh, Alabama, I think they need to try to manufacture something in the kicking game because you remember two years ago when Alabama won it in 2015, a huge part of that uh, beating Deshaun Watson was uh, the the kickoff return for a touchdown by Kenyon Drake and also the onside kick that allowed Alabama to keep the ball away from Deshaun Watson. And then Jake Coker able to make some down-the-field passing plays, explosive plays against that uh, Clemson uh, defense. You're absolutely right. You know, you know, obviously, like I say, three weeks out, month out, whatever. Alabama's going to have to win pretty decisively in all three phases. I think Clemson is this good. You know, mm-hmm. I love I love me some math, Drew, and I love me some modeling, and I love me some statistics. But I have yet to wrap my head around why Alabama was, you know, considered the favorite to win the national championship, given what we know. I mean – even if Alabama manages to get by Clemson. And right now, give me the Tigers to beat the Tide, quite frankly, Drew. You know, Alabama then has to shift and play either an Oklahoma or a Georgia team. And I know we talked about it last week that of the two, you know, Oklahoma gives me the least pause. But that's a real tough road to hoe, given where Alabama is right now, I feel like, as a football team, particularly on offense. that, uh, Like I say, I love me some numbers, but, man, those numbers don't make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough challenge. I mean, I, I would probably have Alabama as an underdog, too, and probably for the first time since before they went to Georgia in 2015. And, boy, was I wrong about that one, as Alabama mudholed the Bulldogs. And it was a big reason why Mark Richt uh, was, uh, you know uh, – uh, shown the door at Georgia. So, but I will say this: I do have a feeling that Alabama is going to come out ready, and they've heard already, Thomas, all the talk. You know, you don't deserve to be here. Why isn't Ohio State here? Clemson whipped you last year. Uh, you know, you're not that good. Just there's been a lot of you know uh, negative talk around the program. I think they're going to be really motivated and ready to play. I just have a feeling that they're going to have a, that they're going to find a way to beat Clemson. I, and I totally respect Clemson's program. Would not be surprised in the least if they won the game. But I just have a funny feeling Alabama with a month to prepare. Uh, I don't. I expect Jeremy Pruitt to do his job. I think Alabama's defense will will do their part, and that they'll find a way on offense. Hopefully, with a spark from Tua Tungavailoa in the passing game to uh, to win a close one against the Tigers. But I think it's going to be a classic and. I really can't wait for that Georgia-Oklahoma game either. The big question, uh, can Georgia hold Oklahoma to under 30? Or And then uh, for uh, Oklahoma, can you stop the three-headed monster at running back? Sonny Michelle should be healthy. Can can uh, can Oklahoma's defense, which I think is very suspect, by far the, the, the most suspect of the four teams, can they slow down that Georgia offense enough? And uh, with what we saw Jake Fromm do against Auburn, can he do that against OU? That that uh, I agree with you. Like both playoff games, if you look at the matchups, if you pull out all the Ohio State hoopla, which, frankly, if Ohio State had played Clemson, Clemson would would have shelled them again. Lord, I, I mean, I we didn't. I didn't get a chance to talk about the the, the 
cut the conference championships with you, Drew. But mm-hmm. watching, the, watching the watching the Wisconsin Ohio State Big Ten championship game was like pulling teeth. If yes, if Ohio State didn't outflank Wisconsin, it was like running into a brick wall. I I, I just I couldn't believe it. I. I it, it blew my mind. But, you know, one thing, uh, and I, I, I apologize that I hadn't really prepared for the show. I was in the middle of producing, so I hadn't had a chance to really organize my thoughts. But one thing that's interesting, we're talking about Clemson's offense and being able to move the ball, and Alabama obviously has a stupidly talented defense. The other really, really good defenses that the Clemson offense has played this year are the Auburn Tigers, held them to 14. Unfortunately, Auburn absolutely could not do anything with that Clemson defense. But then the Florida State Seminoles. And if you remember, Drew, that Florida State-Clemson game, Florida State actually had either had either tied it or had a lead in the second half off of a bomb to the tight end, the Florida State tight end. It's just that Clemson kept swinging the hammer and was able to break through finally, which made the score the final score. You know, it was a close game, but then Clemson – Crack, crack, two touchdowns, and then it looks like a blowout. So it's not without precedent for an elite defense loaded with NFL-level talent to slow down a Kelly Bryant-led Clemson. So, you know, again, pump a little sunshine into the fan base. It has happened before. It can certainly happen again. Please don't take, you know, to our listeners, please don't take the doom and gloom that has come out of this show to think that, oh, Alabama is just going to get their heads lopped off. There are ways for the Crimson Tide to win this game. It's just that as many ways as Alabama has to win it, they also have shown a penchant to screw it up, and it's only going to take one or two screw-ups against this good a team to get you absolutely annihilated, Drew. It is, and Nick Saban made reference to that tonight at the College Football Awards by saying, you know, he thought Alabama had gotten off to a really strong start, and then, you know, as the season has gone on, has not played as well, and so that's just that. That's part of it. Uh, Alabama, uh, you know, but uh, uh, needs to, you know, uh, go back to the drawing board. But they've got a chance to do that. You're right. Mac Wilson should be a lot healthier. Terrell Lewis, Christian Miller for the game against Clemson. All of them were on the field, you know, a year ago, and I know they're going to be motivated uh, to, you know, try to get revenge and try to win this third chapter uh, against uh, what in what's become. Uh, you know, uh, quite a, a little rivalry. I mean, uh, with so many connections with the two programs, with Dabo Sweeney, but, uh, you know, this is a, a chance for Alabama to get to garner uh, some type of uh, revenge from last year. And Clemson's wanting to, you know, prove that they were the better team and win two straight and two out of three over the Crimson Tide. So it's going to be a great one. I think Oklahoma and uh, Georgia is going to be great too. And quickly, I just wanted to update the listeners. I did mention earlier, I did cover Crimson Tide basketball last night. They got a big win over uh, the Rhode Island Rams, 68-64. to uh, It was a big win after a 65-62 disappointment at home against Johnny Dawkins and uh, in, uh, in the UCF Knights, where uh, the second half, Alabama got ground down and just really uh, the Knights out-executed them, but they bounced back really nicely uh, to get a nice win over Dan Hurley, the son of Bob Hurley Sr., one of the two greatest high school coaches of all time. Uh, and I think Rhode Island is going to be an NCAA tournament team. But now Alabama has a huge test coming up in Tucson, Arizona, this coming uh, Saturday night against uh, Sean Miller and the Wildcats in the McHale Center. 
Uh, it's a game that will be you can uh, see on national television. On uh, and uh, it's going to be a, probably maybe the biggest test of the year for Alabama, uh, considering it's the first really true road game uh, that they have played. And the McHale Center is not an easy uh, venue. And this uh, Avery Johnson said last night they could have scheduled a much worse team at home and got an easy win, but they wanted to challenge their team like they will be challenged coming up on December 30th when SEC play starts at home against Texas A&M. And Texas A&M, ironically, just played Arizona on a neutral four this week, losing 67-64. So this uh, Arizona team had had been number two in the country. Uh, they, they took three losses in the Bahamas, and now uh, they're trying to bounce back, and it's going to be a really tough you know, test for Alabama. But we'll uh, rehash that next week see how they did against Arizona, and we'll continue our preparation and our thoughts uh, in, in, uh, for uh, this, uh, this uh, championship game uh, or in semifinal, excuse me, this college football playoff semifinal in the Sugar Bowl uh, with Alabama and Clemson. We'll continue to preview that. We'll continue to talk Georgia and Oklahoma uh, with our colleague William Barger, and we'll continue to talk recruiting because by the time we meet this next week, it will be almost time on December the 20th for that early signing period and we're going to really be monitoring uh, to see what pieces of the puzzle uh, go into place for the University of Alabama. But I hope everyone enjoyed our show on BAMS Radio tonight. We thank everybody, for, as always, for listening. Uh, we will be continuing, uh, as Alabama and William mentioned, uh, in just a, uh, a few uh, short days, Alabama will be going back to the practice field to prepare in Tuscaloosa and then move on to New Orleans for the Clemson Tigers. We'll continue to follow that closely, and we'll continue to bring you full coverage and our thoughts on Alabama Clemson uh, before that January 1st, uh, you know, uh, date when they, they hook up. And, uh, and we'll also continue to monitor Crimson Tide basketball as they go to Arizona and then take a 10 days off for, the, for finals. But then their next game would be December the 19th in Huntsville here in the Rocket City, my backyard, as I will be covering Alabama, playing Mercer, and then three days later covering the Crimson Tide in Birmingham as they will be for the third straight year in Birmingham taking on a shock of smart and a very talented Texas Longhorn team. But everybody have a great night. I'm your host, Judy Arman. Roll Tide and uh, Alabama continuing on the road trying to win national championship number 17.